Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. First serve tennis sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another big edition of the first serve. It is your uh, home of tennis each Monday night right across the uh, SEN network at an earlier time tonight with the footy on uh, straight after us. So, Brett Phillips with you again for another week, and this hour is always open to you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to give us a call or on the Tennis Direct text 0433981116, Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery Great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. You can uh, log on and visit their website, tennisdirect.com.au right now. And first serve listeners, because you've been very loyal, can get a 10% discount store-wide. The week that was on tour across the globe. We'll wrap it up for you very shortly. We'll catch up with esteemed world tennis commentator Nick Lester, who covered the Big 500 uh, for the men in Rotterdam the past seven days. And 13 months in the making, the week has arrived for the return of Roger Federer this week in Doha. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes for a moment, unless you're in the car. Commentator disbelief and crowd euphoria. Oh, how cool is that? I mean, darn it, it was a winner, that return. That's not cruel. That's a great tennis shot. Oh, it's exquisite feel from Federer at precisely the right time. It's impossible. Oh, my goodness. This has to be get of the year. Oh, stop that. That was ridiculous. Almost blocked himself here, Federer. Oh, that's exquisite from Federer. Incredible skills. This is pure genius. You can't teach shots like this. Oh, wow! 37? Come on. Come on! (laughs) Yes, I know I'm the greatest. (laughs) Oh, Roger, we've missed you. And Roger's coming back uh, this week. I said, just close your eyes for a moment. Now, that's not great necessarily for radio, but just go on YouTube, just get some Roger back in you. Some of those unbelievable moments that he has graced us with over such a a long journey. We're going to hear in depth from uh, Roger Federer a little later on uh, this hour, who is uh, back, of course, this week. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 would love your tennis calls tonight. 
Uh, plenty of great prizes to give away, thanks to Sunbless Sunscreen. has got their first serve tennis sunscreen um, that is designed specifically for tennis. You can order yours at sunblessunscreens.com.au using that discount code SEN. Also, thanks to Australia's hype sneaker label, Athletican, available exclusively online at athletikan.com. Use that discount code, first serve 15. You'll get 15% off. Magnificent sneakers to the value of $129. I've still got a few books left too. Signed by uh, the author, Richard Norton, uh, copies of Daphne Ackhurst, the woman behind the trophy. Get involved with us tonight. one 736 736 and be in the running for some uh, great prizes. One day in June 1992, a skinny five-year-old boy stood behind the fence of a tennis court in a very small mountain hamlet in Serbia, watching a junior tennis clinic. The coach, Jelena Gencic, had a background in art history and moonlighted producing arts and culture programming for Serbia's state-owned television network. Gencic invited the boy to join the clinic. She knew talent when she saw it. Gencic coached Monica Sellis early on in her career. By the end of his first afternoon of drills, as the story goes... Gencic knew she had a world-class talent on her hands. The boy's name was Novak Djokovic, and his parents owned a pizzeria and pancake restaurant across the road from the tennis courts. As Chris Bowers reports in his book, Novak Djokovic, The Sporting Statesman, Gencic marched the boy over to his parents' restaurant and told them, you've got a golden child. By the time he's 17, he'll be top five in the world. Now, Novak blossomed later than she predicted. His ranking ranged from... Number of 515 in the world to 128 at the age of 17. But just consider how audacious Gencic's prediction was. At the time, Yugoslavia had splintered and the Balkan Wars of the 90s would cripple the region for most of the decade. By any measure, Serbia was a poor country at that time. But here we are, nearly 30 years later, confronting a remarkable feat that even Gencic couldn't have imagined. The boy from a humble background who emerged from war-torn Serbia... As of today, as of today, March 8 has now been the number one player in the ATP rankings for an astonishing 311 weeks, longer than anyone else in the sport, with more records certainly to be broken. Well, let's uh, head to the winners list, shall we, and take a look at the highlights from the week that has just passed on tour. Andre Rublev is the champion in Rotterdam. The Russian claims a fourth 500 series event in a row. An extraordinary stretch that he's on. He's able to overcome the qualifier, Marton Fucevic, who played outstanding tennis today, but has come up just short. It's Rublev that's the champion in Holland. That backhand rocketed through the court. Diego does it. There was heartbreak for him in Buenos Aires two seasons ago when he lost the final. Last season, had to pull out injured. Petra Kvitova, champion in Doha for the second time. A performance of the very highest order in this final as she takes down Garbina Muguruza in just over an hour. And for the Czech, it is a first WTA title in almost two years. Welcome back to the winner's circle, Petra Kvitova. 
one of the great champions of the tour. Welcome to the big time, Clara Towson. A first WTA Tour title for this exceptionally talented 18-year-old Dane. And you get the distinct impression it is going to be the first of many. She had to come through qualifying. She won seven matches in a row. She won 14 sets in a row. And she breaks into the world's top 100 for the first time as well. Certainly a big winner's list uh, this week on tour. Let's uh, pull it apart for you. Andre Rublev, the man who won more titles than anyone on the ATP World Tour last year with five, the Russian. He's so likeable, this guy. He's got a great game on court. It's ruthless. It's high octane. There's not a lot of subtlety to the Rublev game, but it's working for him. He's a he's a man who's cemented inside the top ten. Seven six six four. But I do want to mention his opponent, Marton Futsevich, Hungarian, who's just really worked hard to get inside uh, that top 50 of men's professional tennis. He's superbly fit. It's tough to go toe-to-toe with him uh, through any uh, any match. His matches are tight, and he doesn't give you anything. Uh, great effort to debut for the first time in a 500 final. Uh, beat Chorich in the semi, 6-4, 6-1. So he's gone up 13 spots to 46 in the world. Has been as high as 31. Andre Rublev, well... He certainly is making a habit of winning these events at 500 level. So the next stage for Andre is to go on and win a Masters 1000 and then go a little deeper at the slams, three-time quarterfinalists at Grand Slam level. But he's building nicely, steadily. Beat Tsitsipas, 6-3, 7-6 in the semifinal. He was terrific. Let's have a listen to Andre Rublev speaking post his latest victory on the ATP Tour. Great moment for you. Five titles last year and already another one here in 2021. How do you feel after that? Uh, I feel really happy. I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's been a really great week. I mean, it's been great uh, last year and a half. So we'll see if I can keep improving, if I can, if I can keep this level uh, of competing, of being a top 10. So we'll see. And... You had to be at your best in that final. That was quite a contest between the two of you. Yeah, wasn't it? it was tough. My special, the first set was really mental. Was really was so so close. Both of us had a lot of chances. He had first game a lot of chances. Then straight away, me had chances. Then we were so close all the set till a tiebreak, and even a tiebreak was so close till uh, four three. Was like almost point. Was so long rallies, tight points. But was I think was nice to watch. And your run in 500 events in particular, 20 matches in a row now, that goes past Rafa Nadal. That's a, that's a great stat for you, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I was not even thinking till this week that they were starting to put on internet like 16 matches, 17 matches, 18 matches. I mean, uh, of course it's a great number, but I don't know, I was not even thinking about it, but because I was losing anyway, it's not in a row. I mean, it's in a row 500, but in, if you count the tournaments, I was losing a lot. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great feeling that to know that I did something that not many players did. There he is, uh, Andre Rublev. He uh, he's quite understated at times. He's got a uh, he's got one of those infectious smiles. He's charismatic. He, his tennis is brilliant, and he's getting the results. So we're going to continue to follow Andre, who's uh, who's there. And interestingly, in that same tournament, Daniel Medvedev went out first round as the the top seed and the man that. Obviously defeated uh, Andre 
uh, at the Australian Open, who's certainly uh, been able to achieve things that Andre hasn't just yet, making the two Grand Slam finals. So he went out to uh, Dusan Lovic, but you can't have a good week every single week on the tour, but well done to Andre Rublev. Diego Schwartzman, who doesn't like Diego Schwartzman? Aslan Karatsev didn't like him at the Australian Open. Absolutely pants to Schwartzman. But he'd never won on home soil in Argentina. And for tennis players who travel the globe all year, they get their little window to play at home in front of the, their home fans, family. And little Diego was able to salute at the Argentina Open over the weekend, uh, early hours of this morning, six one six two. How about the, uh, the fortnight from the two brothers? Uh, it was this time last week we were talking about Sirandulo, uh, the Argentinian qualifier, Juan uh, Manuel, and his brother, Francisco, who's ranked higher, was also a qualifier, made it through to the final. So he's gone up 25 spots to 112 in the world. And poor old Albert Ramos Finolis, he's had to play both brothers in consecutive weeks. The wily left handed Spaniard who must be thinking, I never want to see those brothers again because they've made me look silly. Uh, one under Diego Schwartzman, he got the result done. I just want to mention James Duckworth on the ATP Challenger Tour. Watched all of Duck's matches last week. He was the Aussie that went the deepest, uh, making uh, the quarterfinals in uh, Kazakhstan. He had some tough matches that were certainly on his racket at times that he let slip, and certainly that match against Gunasawaran, the Indian left-hander, who was the eighth seed in that tournament, he should have won uh, that uh, that match in the end. And it was a, a tournament there that was certainly there for the taking as the fourth seed. So... That's the challenge for James Duckworth, who certainly has got all the components there. It's small margins in men's professional tennis. There's no doubt about that. So it's just trying to beef up the serve a little bit more. It's just trying to uh, just finish off those points to take away, you know, some of those long rallies that, you know, it's a little ball left or right that, you know, costs you down the stretch. So... Uh, looking to see if Ducks can go to the next level because he's got all the tools, I reckon. Uh, I love a couple of good stories. This is on the Challenger Tour from the week. A wild card uh, enters the event in Spain. Uh, Carlos Germano Valero, who was a wild card, 6-4, he got up. Just shows the depth in Spanish tennis. They are producing just a huge production line. They have for some time in tennis. Up 105 spots to 295 in the world. And another qualifier won on the Challenger Tour. Uh, Zizil Bergs, who's a uh, Belgian qualifier, got through 6-4-3-6-6-4 to win the event in St. Petersburg in Russia. What is coming up this week as far as the men are concerned? Well, the uh, the highlight is going to be Qatar and the return of Roger Federer, who will play either Jeremy Chardy, who he's got a four-in-one head-to-head with, or Dan Evans. And Dan Evans is probably not the player Roger would want to play. He slices, moves the ball around. That'll test the knee of uh, Roger, and I think Dan Evans has certainly gone and trained with uh, Federer and done some blocks with him over the years. So we'll get through that match first. Dominic Team's uh, back this week, so he'll be the top seed. And great to see Chris O'Connell uh, qualify overnight. Just needed the one qualifying match. It was a small qualifying field for uh, Qatar, and he will play Varshik Pospisil, the uh, Canadians. That's a very winnable match. Uh, for Chris O'Connell. If he could get through that, he would play Denis Shapovalov in the next round. So Chris on the verge of the top 100. Gee, if he can do nicely in an event like this where there's some good points up for grabs, uh, we'd love to see him in double-digit uh, figures getting through uh, Fabiano last night in qualifying. Uh, we're in Marseille for the men uh, this week. Uh, Daniel Medvedev will be the top seed. Stefano Tsitsibas will be the number two seed. Hutchinov, uh, Humbe, Sina, Nishikori. That's a pretty good field in France. And Mark Polman's unfortunately didn't get through qualies 
overnight. But Matt Ebden did, and he's got to get through one more quality match to make it into the main draw. Now, we've been talking about Matty the last few weeks. He's putting together some good form, particularly in doubles, but made that uh, quarterfinal in Kazakhstan in singles. So hopefully, you know, Matty can put together a few good results and get that ranking down where we it should be. And we're in Chile in South America this week. Uh, Christian Garam, a bit like Diego Schwartzman, has never won on home soil in Santiago, so he'll be back. He missed the Australian Open, of course, but we know he had that great stretch of form across the clay courts uh, last year. Uh, Benoit Pair. <sighs> where do we go with Benoit Pair? I've got to say, I've had a gut full of Benoit Pair. Now, I think I know people find him entertaining and all the dummy spits. Go on YouTube. There's a rap file there for Benoit Pair. Um, it's boring, Benoit. It's boring, mate. I mean, to do this every week, dummy spits, racket throws, abusing everyone left, right and centre, spitting on the court. I mean, come on. I mean, the, you're a huge talent. But to go on with all this, all these antics week in, week out, actually gets boring. I'd like you to just have a few weeks of normality, and then if you want to drop it in occasionally, well, that's who you are. But come on, Benoit, just get out and play some tennis. So that's what's happening in Chile uh, this week. James Duckworth will go from Kazakhstan to a flight to Biella in the north of Italy. He will be the top seed for the challenger this week. So come on, Ducks, let's uh, let's lift. He's got a qualifier in the first round. Alexander Vukic uh, will also be in that tournament, the Aussie. Uh, Akira Santalan is still alive in qualifying. And we've got, of course, the event uh, back-to-back weeks in St. Petersburg. Unfortunately, Harry Bouchier, uh, the big Tasmanian, lost uh, overnight in uh, qualifying. So that's the men. We might squeeze in a break. We'll come back and have a listen to Petra Kvitova. We'll uh, pull apart the uh, the women's uh, tournaments that have gone and that are coming up this week. Hume Tennis and Community Centre is one of Australia's premier tournament and training venues, just 15 minutes from Melbourne Airport, 16 ITF-sized courts and accommodation available. It's a mini Melbourne park, ideal for the travelling coaching groups and families. Check out humetennis.com.au. We'd love your calls, one 736 736 Nick Lester to come. We'll hear from Roger Federer as well here on The First Serve. First Serve Tennis Sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. It certainly is. Brett Phillips in the chair. Great to be here talking the world of tennis as we do every Monday night. We are earlier tonight with a footy on after us, but uh, we'll get back into that sort of regular 8 o'clock uh, slot. Would love your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got the Sunbless sunscreen to give away. We've got the Athletican sneakers. We've got copies of Daphne Ackers's book, uh, which is outstanding. I've read uh, quite a bit of that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Anything you'd like to talk about in the world of tennis, you can get us on the Tennis Direct text. 0433981116. I think we had a couple on the text. Just asking for that uh, discount code because Tennis Direct... It's the only place you should be going shopping if you love your tennis. You'll get it delivered to your front door. So log on now, tennisdirect.com.au, and you can get a 10% discount. And you just need to use, where have I got it here? I've got so many codes uh, going. What is the, uh, did I mention that a little bit earlier? Here we go. Uh, free delivery on orders over $150. Um, I think I've taken it off my run sheet. I will dig that up. That fine person who sent the uh, text, and I should know that off the top of my head, but I will dig that up very, very shortly. In the meantime, uh, let us uh, focus in on uh, the women's events uh, from the week. Uh, Petra Kvitova, 
one of the nicest people you'd ever meet on the tour. 28th WTA career title, uh, saluting in uh, Qatar over the weekend. Defeated uh, Gabinia Muguruza. Petra also defeated Jessica Pagula in the semi-finals. Great to see her kick on uh, from a really impressive Australian Open. So no flash in the pan for Jessica Pagula. And the quality of tennis she played here in Melbourne, we were keen to see, once she left our shores, if she could continue that momentum. So really good week for Pagula, who, if she continues playing that brand of tennis, she could find herself seated at uh, maybe the remaining majors, the French Wimbledon and at the US as she creeps up towards that top 30. But uh, Petra, let's have a listen to her speaking on court after saluting at the WTA 500 event in Doha. Petra, three-time finalist, two-time Qatar Total Open champion. Did you think you'd be hearing those words when you first arrived at Hamad International at the beginning of the week? Well, definitely no. Um, I mean, it's, it's been great round for sure. Uh, really tough conditions even in today's match. But anyway, well done, Garbin, for the great week. And uh, I'm sorry for the second time, but I hope that we can meet another final somewhere else as well. And uh, yeah, it's been great whole week. I mean, um, I would love to say thank you for the tournament director, Saad, and for everybody who made this possible for the total as well. I mean, this is a really difficult time, and I'm really glad that we are able to, to play in front of you guys as well. It's a little different than Australia. We're socially distanced. We're wearing masks. But how valuable has that fan support been for you this week? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, I was very happy to see fans in the stands again. Um, yeah, after Australia, it, it's been, it's felt a little bit normal as before, but of course the last year was really difficult and uh, playing like without the fans, it's very sad. So I'm really glad that uh, this time we were able to, to play in front of you. A common question that we, we keep asking you every year is how do you explain the success on this court to reach three finals and three appearances and win the title twice? It's an outstanding accomplishment. Well, it's a good question. I'm still trying to find an answer, but um, I don't know. I just feel like um, home a little bit. You know, I love the court. I love the, uh, everything. Actually, the people are very friendly to us as well. Um, it's, I don't know, the court just suits me probably. And uh, one more thing, I can't, wait, I can't uh, forget to say thank you to Misha for, for being here for whole week with me. Uh, very nice work by Petra Kvitova, saluting in Doha over the weekend. That promo code, I did dig it up, I should not off the top of my head, for Tennis Direct, first serve 10. You will get 10% off. You can do all your tennis shopping there. It'll be delivered straight to your front door for a couple of those people that have been inquiring on the Tennis Direct uh, text. The other event on the WTA Tour this week was in Lyon, a WTA 250 in France. Now, uh, this young girl made a real impression on me, Australian Open 2019. She won the juniors here in Melbourne, Clara Towson. She's from Denmark, 6461. So she's now at 18 years of age, inside the top 100 for the first time. 96 in the world, just her third uh, main draw appearance, a former junior world number one, and didn't lose an entire set, won 14 sets coming from qualifying all the way through to the final. Defeated Victoria Golibich. Four six six love seven six, but she knocked out in the first round a Katerina Alexandrova, uh, the top seed, and she just went on to steamroll the draw through there. Beat uh, Tamea Babos, Camilla Georgie, Paula Bardosa, the Spanish player who tested positive here in Melbourne, the one player who had to go the extra quarantine uh, through the Australian Summer of Tennis. So she is absolutely on her way. One on her six championship points. So she had to certainly earn that title in Lyon, but just put a little asterisk next to uh, Clara Towson 
of uh, Denmark. And if she can follow in the footsteps of uh, Caroline Wozniacki, uh, she's going to have a very, very fine career. What's in store this week? Uh, Dubai. It's a big field for the women. Uh, WTA 1000 event. So Alina Svitolina will be the top seed. Carolina Pliskova will be the second seed. Sabalenka, Kvitova, Burton's Benchich, Azarenka, Igor Sviontek, uh, Mugarutha, Mertens. This is a really good field. Madison Keys missed the Australian summer. Uh, she's been back uh, the last couple of weeks. No Ash Barty, as we know, and probably some doubt with Ash maybe for Miami coming up in a couple of weeks' time. So the other event is going to be played in Mexico. Where uh, Good news for Astra Sharma, uh, the Australian who's been able to qualify overnight, and she'll take on the lucky loser, Harriet Dart of Great Britain. So I've been looking here at Astra's draw. If she could get through that, uh, likely she'd play the young Canadian, who's a genuine young star of the game, Leila Fernandez, is inside the top 100. But, gee, that's a, a week where Astra could win maybe two or three rounds and start to push her claims to be a regular inside the top 50 or top 100, certainly, and then maybe top 50 a little down the track. Remember the name Lee Too. Now, Lee Too got that last qualifying spot at the Australian Open when Andy Murray couldn't make the trip out to... Uh, Australia. It certainly created a little bit of controversy because he had great success in the UTRs. He was a really good junior prodigy, went on the tour at a very young age, didn't quite work for him. He came back to Australia and he went into coaching, was still playing locally. And then he had this breakout period through the UTRs last year when all the Australians had to stay home. And he put together some unbelievable results. So they gave Lee to the wild card instead of giving it to another Aussie who hadn't been knocked out in qualifying. Lee Too, I spoke to him this week. So he got $100,000 for being in that first round. Lost a tight one to Lopez and certainly had his uh, chances and, and played some great tennis, I thought. But right now, he can't travel. He has no official ranking. He has to wait for the Australian Pro Tour to come back, and we're still uh, waiting to get some confirmation on that. I did put a couple of calls into Tennis Australia on Friday, and we're still wanting some information of when the Pro Tour will resume because that's where he needs to really relaunch his tennis career and get some points, uh, get his ranking, so that he can then start to uh, travel uh, around the globe. So we'll keep an eye on the uh, Lee 2 situation. And just before we go to the break, we put that article on our website last week. Should racket abuse incur a larger penalty? From the beginning of the Melbourne summer, it was evident at this year's Australian Open more than ever that the chair umpires were calling warnings for racket and ball abuse. There was a long list of warnings issued through the three weeks at Melbourne Park, not to mention the ones that were not called either. It got a lot of traction, certainly on our first serve social media throughout the week. And I got this into the first serve mailbag from uh, Michael Craig, who um, doesn't always catch us live, but certainly catches us on the podcast. My idea would be for the player who smashes the racket to be automatically required to clean up the mess as part of their fine. I thought of this when seeing the ball key with the dustpan and the brush at the AO after Djokovic destroyed a racket this year. I'm pretty sure the humiliating thought of being on your hands and knees sweeping up a few bits of graphite would automatically reduce the number of times that we see players smash their rackets in the first place. If it did happen, of course... It would be hilarious for the spectators as an added bonus. Wouldn't work so well on a clay or grass court, of course, but I think most racket smashes tend to take place on hard courts. You know what, Michael? I actually don't mind that. I'd love your thoughts on it. 0433981116 on the text. We'll take a break. We're going to get across to Nick Lester. He's a great tennis commentator. To wrap up Rotterdam from the week, look ahead to Roger Federer and a few other tennis topics uh, bubbling around here on the first serve. First serve tennis sunscreen.
a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Great to be with you on a Monday night. Brett Phillips in the chair as we talk at the world of tennis. one 736 736 or on the text 04339811116. We're going to get right across to Europe. Uh, esteemed tennis commentator Nick Lester who had his ATP media hat on the last week as we uh, took in his commentary on being sports here in Australia for coverage of the ATP 500 in Rotterdam. Nick, it's uh, great to have you back on the first serve. Yeah, nice to be here, Brett. Nice to be here. And I was singing the praises, Nick, right at the start of uh, Andre Rublev. He's uh, he's you know one of the most watchable players. He's charismatic. I love the Russians. They just give you uh, they give you plenty. Uh, they can be over the top at times. They can be quite sort of uh, deadpan. But he's tennis. He's just building nicely, isn't he? And his challenge is now to try and take that to another level at Masters one thousand level, three Grand Slam quarters. So, but he's building just nice incremental steps he's taking in his career. Yeah, he's got a burning desire, Brett. I think that's one thing he's always had from a very young age. You know, I think it's the the big thing for him was challenging the emotions because if you look back at him late teens, early 20s, he really struggled to kind of keep the emotions in check. He wanted it so badly that it, it almost sort of hindered him a little bit. It got in the way of actually him allowing him to play his best tennis. He's made so many improvements, Brett. His serve is, his serve is just a different... Uh, particular part of his game that's come on leaps and bounds from what it was a couple of years ago. He had yep. big vulnerabilities in terms of his serve. That's improved a lot. Defensively, he's improved a lot. Um, and as you say, really, you look at his run in the 500s. I mean, he's now won four 500s in a row, which is pretty remarkable in itself. And you have to kind of feel the way he's going. It's going to translate into a Masters and, and probably another very deep run in a major, you know, sooner rather than later. Andre, uh, if, if you were looking at sort of one part, uh, Nick, I mean, he, he plays not with a lot mm. of subtlety. It's it's high octane. It's it's great to watch. But if there's what what's the one area that can get him to that next level? Is there is there one, or is it just sort of overall across the board, just trying to just trying to fine tune all parts of his game? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Brett, I actually think we saw quite a lot of it this week. I mean, he's moving forwards a lot more and with a lot more consistency than he ever was, Brett. I think he was something like. 85% of points won at the net this week. And he was coming in a fair bit. You know, he was coming in 15 to 20 times every match. That's something you would never have seen from him two years ago. You know, mm. he wasn't that sort of player. Yep. I think defensively, Brett, you know what it's like these days. The, the best players in the world are all the best movers, Brett. They're all the best athletes. You have to be able to defend well. And I think Rublev has become a, a more solid and a more sensible defender you know you might have seen him a couple of years ago try and pull the trigger from a, a ball out wide where it's not looking likely but nowadays he's able just to keep the ball in play he's got more he's got much better use of the slice back end than he had before as well that's a shot that he's developed so to be honest I think the evolution of his game right you know it's so easy to look at Rublev and think he's a ball basher because the, the way he plays, the, the racket head speed that he has, but he's becoming a lot more than that. I tell you, you know, and, and I think mentally, he's, you know, his ability to put discipline behind him mid-match. It was a big match yesterday for him. You know, you could just tell he was a strong favourite to win that final. Uh, you could tell there was, you know, Fuchovic has had a good week. 
Um, and I thought he kept it together very well in the end because the Hungarian was 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 outstanding, really. I thought all last week. Yeah, I, I just want to I want to get onto him. I I've been following him for a while, and there's certain players you know, Nick, who are going to get to the top echelon of the sport. You can sort of see it from a young age, and there are others who take longer, and then just by pure. Um, reward for hard work and dedication to their craft. And he is a super fit guy who can go the journeys, matches go long, they're long taxing points. And he, you know, often has been the last few years, as his rankings got better and better, uh, he's been on um, the better end of those uh, rallies because he just keeps so many balls in court. And it's sort of credit to a guy who's just worked really, really hard to cement himself. He will never probably get right to the, uh, the, the top end of the sport, but he's having had a terrific career. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think Brett, he was probably one of the guys that actually suffered a little bit from being as good a junior as he was. You know, him and Rublev were both in the same boat. Rublev's transition to the senior game was a quicker one. But sometimes, as you well know, what can happen with the juniors is they win a lot. They get to play the senior game. He was world number one junior for a year through Djibouti, won junior Wimbledon. And I think he got to the senior game, started losing and thought, well, hold on, my game isn't holding up here and then had to deal with the disappointment. And it just, it was just a much longer journey. I think it was something like six years for him to become a top 50 player, six or seven years. So, you know, he had his ups and downs. I think game wise, as you say, physically, he's always been very, very good. I think, you know, the physical side, obviously being as important as it is nowadays, he's now developed weapons. His forehand is huge. He's got a big forehand. He was matching Rublev yesterday in terms of ground stroke speed off the forehand and that's that's pretty hard to do given how big Rublev hits the ball so there's that I think he's developed a good slice backhand it certainly was too good for Borna Choric on on Tuesday on the Friday night or Saturday that was the one shot that really unpicked Choric that slice backhand so you know he's got that bit of variety to him Um, I know what you're saying in terms of where he goes but you know what there's been plenty of players um, Brett who've got to kind of 28 29 and really made a big push. You know, they're, they're, they're feeling as though they're, they're spending more time at the deep end of majors. They're missing more confident. You know, Fucevic didn't get his first top 10 win until last October. So, you know, the belief that that is going to give him as he moves on, I think has to serve him well. And I think he's going to be something like 45 in the world now. It's been harder, Brett, as you all know as well, to move up the rankings the last 18 months because of the nature yep. of the ranking system. It's been a lot harder. So for, for some of those guys, it has been a bit tougher. Uh, it certainly has. Uh, Nick, before I let you go, we're going to hear from Roger Federer in just a moment. It's uh, just great to have him back this week. It is. Um, everyone, you know, a guy, as we all know, that, that certainly uh, moves the needle in ways that perhaps others haven't. Um, Oh, the irony, of course, is that he's actually spent two weeks training with Dan Evans, and and, and he could face Dan in the first <laughs> round, so or second round. So that that's irony. Yep. Is he going to win the tournament this week? Probably unlikely, but you know, as you say, it's great for the sport. It is, Nick. We'll do it again. Uh, really appreciate uh, the chat. Love listening to you, uh, of course, at all the major tournaments around the globe, and uh, we'll look to, look forward to chatting to you frequently here on the first serve. Anytime, Brett. Nick Lester, who was on deck in Rotterdam last week covering the ATP 500 and the continued emergence of Andre Rublev. We'll take a break. We're going to come back, have a listen to the great man, Roger Federer, speaking in Doha ahead of his comeback this week. First serve tennis sunscreen. 
a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Great to be here, Brett Phillips in the chair. We had one off the uh, Tennis Direct text I wanted to get to from Dean. Andy Murray's cooked. Do you think uh, he'll be back? I think he may, but not sure if he'll go far. It's interesting to watch Andy over the last few weeks. I mean, he lost to Rublev in Rotterdam, uh, 7-5-6-2. Had that big first-round win, three sets over Robin Hasse of the Netherlands. Uh, Of course, made the final of the Biela Challenger. I think went out first round in Montpellier in France. Look, he's sort of... I mean, Andy's always had that, you know, that taxing game, isn't it? I mean, he, he uh, plays big points. He never moves like a, you know, a, a gazelle. Uh, but, gee, he's, he, you know, he gets to so many balls and he's been a brilliant player. I mean, his determination will take him a long way, Andy Murray. It's it's a great story. If you haven't seen uh, the, I think it was on Amazon Prime, uh, the uh, documentary about, uh, I think it was called, what, resurfacing uh, after all the hip surgeries. I mean, incredible that he's still... Uh, got the desire to play, but that's that's his life. He loves tennis, and he doesn't want to bow out on a really bad note. He's doing everything he can to get back. So it'll be interesting to follow. Not sure at the moment. It's going to be tough to uh, certainly make up the ground to get back up amongst the real top end of uh, tennis, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see. I want to play a little bit of Roger Federer because he has spoken in uh, Doha in the lead-up to his comeback. Let's take in a little bit of the uh, the great Roger Federer. It's been a long year uh, in some ways, especially rehabbing, being on crutches once and then for a second time. And uh, finally, I'm back on the tennis court again, um, working out, playing sets, playing points. It's a, it's, a, it's a true pleasure. It's a privilege, actually, after all this time. I didn't expect it to go as long as it did, but it did. Um, now we, we are where we are, and um, I'm so excited to be back on the uh, on a match court, you know, in a, in a few days here, and uh, uh, I'm really curious to find out how it's going to go. There's still obviously amazing amounts of question marks uh, surrounding, uh, you know, my my comeback for me personally, and uh, uh, don't know what to expect. Uh, I know that the expectations from my side are extremely low, and I'm just very happy that I'm playing a tournament again, regardless of the outcome of this event. For the fans that might not know what that injury was, can you kind of explain it? Yeah, I mean, look, I was unhappy with my knee for some time, for years actually, and uh, after just straight and open and the match for Africa and Cape Town again especially, I got back to Switzerland, I just thinking like, this, I can't keep on playing with this knee, you know, it's just not, I'm not happy with it. So talked to the entire team, spoke to doctors and... Uh, and did the operation thinking I was going to come back for Wimbledon, but I had somehow the knee wasn't a fully, I don't know, happy. And after a month or so, I unfortunately, I had to do, came to the conclusion that unfortunately I have to do another one. There is need some, some more fixing in the knee, some other things that must have happened, even though I never really felt them happening during my rehab process. And I also don't think I pushed it too hard, to be quite honest, in the beginning. So then that's when I had to do my second knee operation on the same knee. Yeah, and then from then on, obviously, you know, crutches once, crutches twice, uh, muscles go down um, and you lose everything. And that's why it was a, a beginning from, from scratch again. And that's why also I think the, the, the road till today was, was long and slow, but um, I'm happy I made it to, to today. You mentioned it, crutches once, crutches twice. 
you kind of lose everything a little bit. What was that process like trying to get it back, trying to get match fit? I enjoyed the, the challenge, you know, to be honest. Uh, I don't mind rehabbing because I see the positive and the bright side of it, that uh, training is not so hard and you don't go to the edge of things because the maybe, let's say, that body part, let's say that knee, for instance, in my example, um, doesn't allow me to do more anyhow. And uh, with the pandemic and with the knee issues anyway, it kept me home. I was happy after being 20 plus years on tour, just being home, you know, with the family, not having the stress of the next match uh, actually was quite, quite enjoyable. Um, sure, I would have liked things to be different, to be on tour or at least um, be back uh, playing as quick as possible after the pandemic then. But, uh, you know, I followed a lot of the tennis matches and um, had a chance to, to, to reconnect with my, my Swiss friends, uh, you know, that maybe I didn't get that much time from our family because of all the, the world tours that we, we went through for so many years. So um, there was also positives besides the, the lows, obviously, that uh, come with the, with the surgery. You mentioned the lows. Were there, were, was there any moment where maybe you thought you had a little doubt about coming back? You always do have doubts, you know, when, uh, when you have surgery. Um, there's always uh, days that you feel better and worse, but I think overall I'm a very positive person. I have a great team around myself, wonderful family. So I'm also very distracted. And, uh, you know, the, the idea was to be uh, fully fit again one day um, for life or for tennis. So um, equally important to me, actually life's a little bit more important to me. Uh, I want to go skiing and play basketball and go playing ice hockey and do play tennis in the future uh, with my children or exhibition matches, you name it. So there's, it's definitely worth it to go through all that pain, you know, but uh, um, the goal was, you know, this is not, I'm going to go out. Uh, I'm not happy with my knee. We're going to fix it and we're going to come back. For me, there was no other um, story to it. And uh, rehab wasn't as hard as maybe people make it seem, even though the people around me are very impressed how I go about it. But for me, it's uh, only but normal to be really, really professional about it. You mentioned you wanted to get fit, not just for tennis, but just for life mm -hmm. in general. Is that what was motivating you during that time to keep getting fit? No, it's just, uh, I mean, look, it kept my day busy as it was. Uh, I wanted to get off the crutches. Uh, I wanted to get back, uh, you know, so I could play tennis again, jogging again. The simplest thing, you know, jump over one hurdle, then maybe jump over two hurdles and do, then do the first sprint. These are all nice moments. And while I was doing that, I had a lot of time for other things, you know, for projects, uh, for the foundation, for things with my wife, my life, things to reorganize, reshuffle, figure things out at home that maybe I, I didn't have time for, that you always, uh, uh, you know, let somebody else take care of it, but now that you're home, you can do it. And so my days were really, really busy and uh, no problem for me to go twice or three times to the gym quickly to, do, to work on my knee. Uh, it was actually a pleasure to to, to quickly get move around a little bit. Well, that was the great uh, Roger Federer having a chat in Doha in the last week. So we'll uh, wait for his match, which will probably be... Wednesday evening, I think, our time. All thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, Asti Tennis Courts. They are trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out their website, aste.com.au. Damien has joined us here on the first serve. Good evening, Damien. G'day, BP. How are you? Very good, thanks. Thank you for the tennis stuff that I got a few weeks ago. I really appreciate that. Uh, no problem at all. Magnificent first serve tennis uh, sunscreen. You've got to get it. Uh, and they've got lawn bowls, cricket and golf at Sunbless Sunscreen. So they've got every sport covered. What do you got for us, mate? Got about a minute here. Uh, yeah, I want to talk to you, BP, about Nick Kyrgios. Um, yep. 
I didn't get a chance to go to the Australian Open this year. I've never been before. Hopefully, I can go next year. Mm-hmm. But I thought he didn't do too bad. Well, I, I think curious. I thought I, he had his moments, didn't yeah. he? Well, I, I, I think um, he did what we'd expect him to do, and that's about third, fourth round. He's sort of like the warm-up act for the real stuff, Nick, isn't he? So is it going to get any better in 12 months' time? Is he suddenly going to um, you know, be second week at the Australian Open and really doing some damage? So, yeah, I, he is where I think we expect him to be, and... I don't know when he's going to jump back on tour again. He certainly indicated that he's not keen to travel extensively uh, while this pandemic is still occurring around the world and his ranking will stay yeah, where it sort of is and uh, we, we know that he can do anything, but it's whether Nick really wants to do it and there's not, a, there's not a huge desire to be absolutely at the top of his game. He's quite happy sort of being the entertainer and being a tennis player at the same time. That's fine if he wants to do that, but... Uh, we, we shouldn't put him in calculations to win majors. Let, let's rule that out for now. You, you just don't get through on your natural talent winning majors. It takes a hell of a lot more uh, work than that. Uh, tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Make sure you shop there during the week. Free delivery on orders over $150. TennisDirect.com.au right now. Use that promo code FIRSTSERVE10. We've covered a bit of ground. Good luck to the Aussies competing on tour this week. Uh, there's a few of them around. Let's hope they can uh, certainly go through a few rounds and maybe even possibly uh, register a victory. Check out our website, thefirstserve.com.au. Check out our socials. Plenty of tennis content right throughout the week. We'll do it again next Monday night at 8 o'clock. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.